Hi there, this is Greg Legro. And this is Jamie Dew. Of Fully and Completely. Um, You're listening to... <laughs> Hello and welcome to the continuing season two of Fully and Completely, the podcast that looks at the entire discography of the Tragically Hip. We're going in order of release. We're going to talk about the year that the album came out. We're going to talk about a little bit of uh, culture from that year, albums from that year, so you get an idea of the musical landscape, what was going on when they released the albums. We'll talk about some other fun stuff, a little bit of sports to give you some context. What were you doing when this thing came out? 2009! My name's Greg Legro. I'm looking at Jamie Dew. Hi, buddy. Hey. How are you? I'm excellent. Thanks for asking. Oh, well. Love is a curse. <laughs> <laughs> you don't just blurt. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, we had a little gap between shows, but hey, that's what happens. Yeah. You yeah. know, this is season two. We're it, just rolling yeah. with it. Yeah, yeah. We're letting our hair that's down. Right. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. It's flowing. It's nice to see you, though. It's really nice to see you, too. My glasses are fogging yeah, up. I'm so excited. <laughs> 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 they really are. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what oh, that's about. That's okay. Well, here we are. Have a cold are. beverage? You have a cold beverage? I have a cold beverage. I've got a little uh, rum and ginger ale going on. That looks, it looks nice. I like the it's glass. Refreshing. What kind of glass is that? Um, I don't know. Big. I went for the big, <laughs> so I wouldn't drink it too fast. Really stretch it out. Lots of ginger happening in there. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's very good. Um, before we get into anything, we do talk quite a bit about um, Canadian content on this show. Lots yes. of stuff. And that's why we talk about... A bunch of things. Um, the Toronto Raptors just won the NBA Finals. That's where we've been, everybody. I I don't even know how to process it yet. From all the years, like I, you know, I was a big basketball fan because I was born in Chicago, and I started paying attention to sports in the mid '80s. So I had my Bears and Michael Jordan. Uh, it was it was like program to enjoy these sports and so and the jordan thing just really got kicked off the beauty of basketball for me and it was a long time basketball fan loved that we got a team suffered through our terrifyingly bad uniforms <laughs> <laughs> and then a name i couldn't get behind at the beginning because obviously we took the name because jurassic park was a huge 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 hit at the time and we we're like rafters instead of toronto towers which i was like that's actually an old Toronto." makes basketball. a lot of sense makes a lot of sense basketball players at all who doesn't like alliteration uh, and what do we have in this city that we're known for? Uh, Dinosaurs. A fucking giant tower. <laughs> <laughs> <That's right. laughs> um, and, uh, and I was also like, hey, the raptors in the Jurassic Park movie are entirely fictional because real <laughs> velociraptors are like um, the size of Afraid a, of basketballs. Afraid of basketballs. And they have terrible ball handling skills. <laughs> They're also feathered and about the size of a chicken. Get out. Yeah, no. So Jurassic we, Park was that wrong? Yes, they just like really blew them up. It's like a small, maybe not a chicken, but basically we're like the the, the Toronto chicken monsters. Oh my gosh. That's what we've got. <laughs> so a chicken monster. Would... That, it drove me nuts for years. Yeah. I warmed to it because it, it, it was what it was, and we slowly developed the logo to, you know, it worked better. But going through all these, like we got lucky because there was a Vancouver team too. That's right. But the Vancouver team didn't have a Damon Stoudemire to start things off. <laughs> nope. And also Big didn't country. and didn't beat the Bulls in their inaugural season, the unstoppable Bulls in a fifty thousand seat. Yeah, yeah. And the Bulls, uh, seventy-two and ten season, the Raptors were one of the teams that got holy yeah, shit. Which Did was weird. Jordan show up for the game? Yeah, <laughs> wow, <laughs> surprisingly. Yeah, um, and then obviously Vinsanity brought us to a different level and helped 
our team succeed where that's when Vancouver really went down the drain. Yeah. And we had guys come and go and got nothing out of it. You know, we just got lucky in drafts quite a bit. Couldn't get anyone to come here forever and ever. And then, of course, we had this team that started, I mean, the legitimacy where we started to look like a real team to 2015, I, I, I guess, you know, that's when we started that's when to they happen. Went to, they went to a conference final then, right? We got We started playoff steady for a while there. Yeah. 2016 was where we got quite deep, and but embarrassed. Um. To go through all of these people that we've watched here, like Vince Carter and like Chris Bosch and Tracy McGrady and, you know, uh, Davis and JYD and Mo Pete. Remember those years? The yeah. Mo Pete, Elvin, yeah. Willie. Like, like, I liked those guys. And like, but you'd watch that team and we're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't it. We could, get, we could get luck. We could luck into the playoffs, but like, we're not a real team. Right. Like, you'd just like watch it and like, no, you're not. It's not there. But like slowly getting there, getting there, and what happened this year was amazing, amazing, unprecedented, even yeah. in that league, right? I mean, that league does unusual things often with players, you know, deciding to go to one team together yeah. and, and stuff like that. But yeah, the trade I mean, that Masai made, I mean, the gambling he did, yes, uh, insane, yeah, to have it all work, to have you know, to to take get rid of DeRozan, who was beloved. Uh, who wanted was the first superstar who wanted to yeah, be here. Yeah, yeah. And we ship him off for a rental, most likely. Yeah. A guy who doesn't really want to come here. And then halfway through the season, we also trade for Marcus Gasol. So we put this whole thing together as we went through the year. And to not only wind up in the finals, but win it. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Of. It's been a lot of fun. It's been an insane amount of fun. Like mm-hmm. you look at the run and also Kawhi Leonard's historic playoff uh run here his uh his point total for the playoffs third best all time uh, i did not know that uh, the, his buzzer beater to beat the 76ers was the first time that's ever happened where a <laughs> game seven was uh, clinched in a buzzer beater uh, that's never happened there's only been one other um series clinching buzzer beater and it was back when they still had a five game series and it was michael jordan oh wow against the Cavs. Really? Yeah. So that's, so that's early it, 90s. those two guys. Yeah. Um, it's, you, you, it's a famous shot. Jordan nails it. And then he does this like big, really aggressive fist pumping thing. You've seen it a thousand times. That was a clincher. He's like buzzer beater. End of series. Um, so uh, remarkable. Like uh, to see all this, to see this franchise. It's been, like we haven't really talked about it too much when we do our little sports recap because there's not much to talk There's about never for a long a time, particularly not in years we land on. To 20, 2009, we didn't make the playoffs. We were, you know, 13th in the East. <laughs> we're still in the Chris, Chris Bosch run. Right. You know, but, you know, like Bargnani is still on the team. Like, we suck. <laughs> God, going, they had a first round going draft pick and nowhere. Him. Going nowhere. That's team. right. Like, looking bad. And it was fearful for a while. Would we lose the franchise, you know? But uh, we can't because we would, didn't because this is a basketball country and very much a basketball city. People going nuts for it here. It's for reals. Um, and it was great. What a great thing, you know, at a time that's been, I think, difficult in Ontario. Uh, something this unifying <laughs> to happen is really uh, wonderful and quite welcome. Greater Ontario. Greater as, Ontario. As would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like greater Ontario. Well, it is great. It is. Ontario. I am mm. still foggy as a bear here. It's okay. We're full of emotion. Yeah. So anyway, congratulations to the Toronto Raptors and thank you. For that bit of amazing that everyone will remember for a long, long time. That was yeah. a not just like, hey, we won the fucking finals. It was a, every series was full of 
entertainment and memorable moments from little things like or weird things like Drake's back rub for Nick Nurse to the buzzer beater to Kyle Lowry <laughs> reversing his uh, playoff Lowry curse and being you know such a motor for us and being shoved by an owner of the opposing team who now has to divest himself of yeah, the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What in the, wow, crazy it's stuff. Be nuts. Crazy. So much entertainment. Yeah. It was wild. What a ride. Um, so here we are. Uh, 2009, a couple things to talk about. If we're on sports, why don't we just stay there for a yeah. second? Uh, the Stanley Cup final in 2009 has some significance, a little okay. bit. Um, it's there. It's the, uh, it's significant because it is the, it's a rematch, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, between the Penguins and Red Wings. And, and the Red Wings won round one. Uh, they won the previous year. That's right. And then the Penguins win this year in seven games, and it's the first... Sydney. Yes, Sydney's right. first. He's not the MVP <clears throat> of this uh, this particular uh, go, but uh, that's fine because he was a captain. And, uh, it, you know, obviously things are working out for that kid. <laughs> <laughs> He's done okay. He's doing okay. Um, and then the uh, Grey Cup, our, uh, our yes. lovely CFL. Two winning teams featured in the Grey Cup. Well, that's that always, always good. That always puts a smile on my face. Yeah. Always happy to hear. The uh, 15-3 and Montreal Alouettes. Uh, defeated the tw- ten seven and one Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Rough Riders, Rough Rough, Rough Riders. Riders. Yeah. <laughs> well, at this point, they could be whatever they want because they could be gone. whatever they want. Um, and still giving it a shot here at least halftime show Blue Rodeo. That's a good one. That is a good one. I mean, it's good. Like, I, I, like I would enjoy that very much. Yeah. But I can't imagine being uh, at a football game and being blisteringly drunk. Yeah. And. You know, when you think of what the halftime is supposed to be, yeah. this rah-rah thing. Yeah. Blue Rodeo can go out there and kick your ass. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Sure. But that's not the kind of ass kicking I want at a football game. I no, don't think. No. Well, I think, I mean, you know, if you give me some uh, uh, Till I Am Myself again. And I yeah. got some, but I mean, that's, those songs are so sad. That's what I mean. That song is very sad. That's what I mean. <laughs> I would, hmm, I would much rather watch four quarters of of uh, Jim Cuddy. Yeah. And you know, yeah, just sure, sure. Half-time, and then the halftime, half-time of game. football. Yeah, yeah that'd be much better. <laughs> Fair Greg enough. Greg Keeler. Um, I'll give this a little bit of something to talk about with it. The uh, uh, you do the, that, the, Bonnie Raitt. The Let's head, go. Uh, something to talk about. Um, the head coach of the Montreal Alouettes for this win was Mark Trestman. Uh, oh, did very well in the CFL, and then he got the call, ding, ding, come on up to the big leagues, you're going into the NFL, and he became the head coach of the Chicago Bears, where right. it was an unmitigated disaster. <laughs> <laughs> like, their, their trick rouge play didn't work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bed shitting was phenomenal. Uh, yeah, it, it didn't work out. It's And it seldom does. It is a bummer. Because, you know, uh, going the other way once, the, the Chicago Bears, in a very bad time period, when it was like Rex Grossman and Brian Greasy and, you know, Kyle Orton playing quarterback for them. There was another guy, a third, fourth string quarterback. Couldn't get it done. Couldn't get couldn't beat those guys out for a job. Eventually gets cut, goes to the CFL, and becomes a superstar, Henry Burris. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Couldn't make it for the Bears in the garbage time. Anyway, <laughs> Mark Trussman, uh fine offensive mind, though. Uh, still a good coach, just uh, eh, eh, the Bears needed something different. They needed a lot of work. They're finally there now. But with all this thing, all the stuff that goes on, the nastiness with football, I'm losing interest. Sorry, I didn't mean to get 
low on football. But no, no. All the stuff. It's hard. It's uh, with all the CTE and, There's and the, all the injuries. All do you the enjoy, covering like, up do you seriously the, not enjoy it as much anymore? I don't because I'm sitting there thinking about the injuries and I'm also thinking about all these guys that do all these fucking horrible things and they just keep giving them jobs. But just because Kaepernick took a knee for something unrelated to do with the military... Yeah, There's, he can't. He's he's, he's done. Like, nobody wants him. No, that's insane. That somebody took you know, uh, 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 Mark uh, uh, Sanchez off the couch last year. That's right. Yeah. Instead of uh, and like that's the old Jets quarterback. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. guy, you know, the guy who sucked <laughs> when he was healthy and young. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. The NFL just doesn't do it for me. Yeah, really. it's, it's it's a bit of a bummer. I mean, I'll. My my bears are finally on the upswing again. So, <laughs> so you might get, you might be. I'm trying guy. to stay in, but you know, I mean, I'll I'll, I'll stick with my basketball. <laughs> anyway, good. So there's a little bit of sports for you. 2009 is like a very strange time for music, in my opinion. Um, it's a weird time that just keeps getting weirder. Yeah, this is like we talk. We've been talking about the dissolve of the you know a scene that is dominating. And or a style that's that's owning, right? Like things are splintered all over the place. Obviously, the rise of hip hop is continuing and it is replacing rock and roll. It's still probably an even keel in 2009 as far as what's selling the most in North America anyway. Um, but in this time period, I, I was a little I, I'm a little hungry as a music listener because I wasn't getting fed. Yeah, uh, there, 2009. Listen, there's really good albums, but. You really had to look for them, and they weren't. There weren't as many of them as you would want. Okay. Some of these years we've covered, there's been. It's like the, I've had to cut the list because right, I right. need to stop talking about other bands on this tragically hip show. <laughs> yeah, but with this one, like it's not a lot. Like you, you have huge indie pop things going on. Like Grizzly Bears of Vecatomist was a like a big album. Yeah, that's a, such a good record. It's very good. Mm-hmm. That single is still devastating. I mean, uh, you know, it really showed up, and like everyone else had to get out of the fucking way. First album for the XX. That's a really interesting indie band out there too. Not uh, and then you've got oh, very cool. Cool yeah. stuff, yeah. You right. like the XX. Um, Mastodon completes their three albums in a row of perfect concept albums. First with Leviathan with the water, and then Blood Mountain with the Earth and Mountains, and then Crack the Sky with obviously the sky. And it was a devastating piece of prog metal. So good. Um, and then I'm like, I struggle a bit to like, yeah, there's the Florence and Machine album is pretty good, but it really affect my world. Uh, Japan droids, like this is what I'm, you know. U uh, two's No Line on the Horizon wasn't mm. the album with that boots fucking song. That's the famous put your boots. Put your boots. That's the uh, famous one that they put on people's phones, isn't that? it? No, that's uh, that was years later. That was like twenty fourteen uh, or something oh, okay, like that. Yeah, uh, that album not good too. They all blend this together. One, they uh, blend together for me. Yeah, well, I mean, U two since a long time now is yeah. just very much the samey same same. And no, uh, that boots song though is particular garbage. Um, a pretty decent Springsteen album, but I mean, this isn't stuff that's like changing the world or like really affecting like the, a dominant thing for this year. It's it's uh, there was a, a, a so-so Eminem album that no one cares about anymore. Relapse is the one I'm talking about. Like it's a pretty it's a low point, you know, Animal Collective probably had the most celebrated album of the year. But I, I most think people don't know that. Right. No. Which one is it? Uh, Meriwether Post. Yeah, that one won all like was yeah. it's, on all hey, the charts. It's great. It's a very good album. It's you really got to grow. You got to grow it, though. Sure, it's not. Yeah, it doesn't just land on you. Like, no. oh, here you go. You know, so it's a, it's a 
it's where I feel like shapeless in a way. You know, nothing is is taking the charge here. You know, uh, there's stuff that's on the cusp, and there's great bands that are still working, but this isn't the year that they're dropping albums. No, wow, so, I didn't realize 2009. Yeah, yeah, 2009. Was so it's a bit of a is there not TV on the radio record in 2009? No, not in 2009. Huh. That's why they were the best of this time period. TV on the radio was probably the most uh, creative and adventurous band of this Fun, little bit yeah. time period, right? Because, yeah, it's like uh, Cookie Mountain was uh, 2008, I want to say. And then, yeah, uh, Dear Science is 2010. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I probably I probably got Cookie Mountain in 2009. I was probably mm-hmm. behind the ball. Sure, sure. Well, I mean, I was on it all year. I mean, I was so into them at this time. But, well, I got in on Desperate Youth and Bloodthirsty Babes, but then lost my mind when Cookie Mountain came out. No, you know, you know what? I think Cookie Mountain might be 2006. Yeah? I think it might. It took me a long time to get it then. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. Because I was listening to it. Same time I was listening to Meriwether. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, there were heads and shoulders about it, of everyone at this time period. So you would really just be... Yeah. It would wow. carry for years, for years. Um, and then so we have the hip coming off of World Container. That's right. Going back with Bob Rock, which troublesome for some people when they heard the news. Sure. And um, I, as we said, I, I'm not... You I mean, gave him a pass. You 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 for felt world the container. Made I, up. I liked when, when the, the 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 type of Bob Rock we got was big guitar. Yeah, he went for that, and I think it worked for that songwriting. Yeah, most for the most part, not always. I understand how shiny it is, and maybe it isn't. It isn't the perfect production for that album, but how big some of those songs get, I felt like that's really there. And there's something edgy about. There's a a lot of combustible, you know. There is and energies going on in the songwriting, and the melodies are front and center. And he yeah. lets the, whether it's him letting them shine or or them like shining over and above his production. Yeah, I don't know, but they're there and they're huge. Sure. So I will tip my hand, hand a bit on this, and I feel like his production is a huge failure to this album. Interesting. Okay. I'm not going to say this is a bad album because of it. It isn't. Uh, but I will say that this is the album uh, that I've listened to the least of any Tragically Hip album. Um, and I did not like when I first got it. I kind of discarded it almost. Not mm. into it. And so we us starting this show is what brought me back to this album. So it was, I think for you as well, if I'm not mistaken, kind of like starting over with this record. This was my first time listening to this from mm. front to back. Yeah, sure. For this show. Right. I didn't listen to it front to back. I listened to it. Didn't like the first single. Was Morning Moon first? No, Morning Moon, they released it. Hmm, they released it through the website in uh, February, but the first single is. Um, Coffee Girl? No, is uh, mm-hmm. Love is. Um, is it on here? Honey, please. No, Love no. is a. Oh, uh, wait, wait. Where is it? Singles. Love is a first. Yeah. Love That's is their first. first single. That's yeah. a weird pick. It just doesn't. That's not a first single. That's not, not a for, single. Not for this record, no. anyway. <clears throat> I feel like this is going to be a different conversation, too, uh, than we've typically had because of a lot of reasons. But I feel like this album is the most or has the least amount of metaphor in the writing. These songs are very direct. I would 100% agree with mm-hmm. that statement. Um, so well, let's talk about it. Doing some digging, doing some digging around. It, yeah, it, there's. It's very straightforward. Mm-hmm. It's. Uh, let's just talk production just a little bit more. Just sure. um, well, we're not talking about it for song specifics. Uh, there, there's a part of me that feels as though Bob Rock wants 
to redefine what the tragically hip are. Yes. Um, he didn't. He didn't succeed. No. With World Container. No. In changing what they were, like I feel mm-hmm. they succeeded in spite of his production choices. Mm-hmm. But on this record, big guitars mm-hmm. are few and far between. Neutered. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm. Those great backup vocals that mm-hmm. we that are not here on this record. No, no. We've there got are some backing vocal choices that I think are wildly out of place. Way weird. Yeah. Way weird. Very and produced. I don't like it when I can feel um, like the uh, a band being pushed into an intended area. Like I feel like Bob Rock wanted this album to sell out of Starbucks. Oh, that's interesting. You yeah, know I, I mean? can see that. Yeah, yeah. And that's not on them. That's on him. Um, it just there's this flat thing that where like the this is the most contained I've ever heard the band sound. Yeah, you know. Um, and so these are things that when I gave it my first listen, you know, years ago, I'm like, nope, this isn't for me. Like, the first one that's like, not for me. I would have loved to have seen this live. Sure, I, I imagine it's quite different to hear what they what they changed mm-hmm. because they're, they're they obviously didn't tour with a 16 piece string orchestra, right? Could, you know, to, <laughs> right, to, right. to handle those arrangements and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. And they really did. I thought, here's the thing if you're going to have strings and you're going to do those kinds of arrangements. Mm-hmm. Make it sound beautiful and mm-hmm. wonderful. I yeah. I totally when I looked up the song credits today and saw that there there were thirteen or fourteen people mm-hmm. responsible for the strings. Mm-hmm. I was flabbergasted because I assumed it was all synth. Out. Yeah, one hundred percent because it doesn't feel big. It doesn't feel big. No, it's not there. It's safe, it's and safe. tidy, and the least adventurous I've ever heard this band sound. Yeah. So so, so with that being said, with that being said. I do like this album. Mm-hmm. I did get here with this album. Um, so let's go through it and talk about how and why. Um, track one is Morning Moon. The reactor's down I guess for Labor Day Today is the first day I ain't seen a great film of steam From across the lake From across the lake Hey, that's a morning Not making straight. You said someone's pain when something's too cheap. Somebody's paying something. You said someone's paying something under a morning moon. Yeah, say those little things that don't make anyone. This is a song that's hard not to like. And on initial go long, long ago, I was like, well, this is very good. I think Morning Moon is probably the most complete uh, recording on the album. It's really got its tone. It fits beautifully. It's very Neil Youngy, but in a very good kind of way. And the hip are a classic cottage band, yep. right? And this is a perfect Campfire Cottage song. It looks like the album cover. It feels like the album that's cover. That's right. This is, you know... Um, and I love Morning Moon I think it's beautiful and I guys I really took I turned a corner with this album um, last year Uh, I I was uh, working uh, on a bunch of different locations and so they were taking the whole crew out on buses 
and driving out to like Dundas Conservation Area and places like that. And so I had just time on a bus, on like a charter bus. And looking out a bus window while listening to this album is very effective. <laughs> mm. Particularly with the Neil Young thing, too. I don't remember who said it, but I remember reading somewhere somebody saying, uh, 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 I dare you to listen to Neil Young while looking out a moving train window and tell me everything's all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's so perfect. I know. It's amazingly perfect. Yeah. And so, yeah, I very much, I like, uh, in watching Ontario roll by out of a window, I'm like, this album's starting to, to happen for me. Uh, and Morning Moon was definitely something to kick off. I would have it in my head a lot. I'm like, easy to go back to the album. That's track one. Let's go. Um, <clears throat> lovely tune. Lovely tune. What a great melody. Feels very um, AM radio to me. Mm-hmm. Not in a bad way, mm-hmm. but in a nostalgic sort of way. Like sure. in a, so that I totally get your Neil Young vibe. Mm-hmm. You know, Harvest or something yeah. something from that. Har- yeah, era. Harvest Moon. Even his, sing- his early 90s single that was a comeback. Oh, yeah, brand. that's right. Yeah. Real easy listening, but whatever, it's beautiful. Yeah. Forget it. Um, <clears throat> lyrically, it's interesting. If you do a search for Morning Moon, mm-hmm. the first six or seven responses were about the tragic hip. Mm. I had to go all the way to like eight uh-huh. to get something about a Morning Moon. And it was a real technical um, piece. Oh, yeah. It was huh? about when there will be a Morning Moon, but didn't really define what it was. Right. But there was one piece of text in the article that really jumped out at me. And it was like, why is it so difficult to see a morning moon when the moon is in the sky mm-hmm. all day? Mm-hmm. It's very obvious, mm-hmm. but it's daytime. And I wanted so desperately to be able to apply that to this song or the lyrics in this song or mm-hmm. the lyrics to this album, maybe even. And I couldn't, like, like <laughs> yeah. I couldn't say, well, there's, there's a lot lurking beneath, uh, in between the cracks here or, or whatever. And, you know, if Gord were here and he could, he could tell us what was in his notebook, maybe we'd be fools, but yeah. it does seem very straightforward. It does. And he's looking like, across the lake. He's looking across the lake. And a lot of that is, uh, at this, you know, um, there's a, at the bath studio that you can see, a plume across this there's a factory across the water right and so he, he very likely was sitting in that chair looking and not seeing that plume of smoke that morning that's you right know? and it might have been early enough that he you do see the morning moon which is just when you can still see the moon in the morning yeah you know it's the bulb in the mirror that's and, right and it's it is just a poetic it feels it just feels like poetic observation yeah. you know it's a it's a it's a vibe it's a moment thing you know yeah. there's that great picture of him sitting in the uh, uh in the uh, parking lot outside bath um, in a chair, he's got like a guitar, a guitar in his lap and, oh, yes. and his notebook. And, and, you know, he's clearly sitting out there right in the parking lot writing. And I was, when I listened to this, I pictured that, you know, that he was sitting, you know, sitting in very much a, a similar <clears throat> scenario. With yeah. Him. I can see that. Yeah. And, and just watching and like hey, that <sighs> plume of smoke's not happening. Hey, look at that. Must Morning be Labor Day. Yeah. Must no, be Labor Day. They're, yeah, they're not working. That's why. Yeah. It's a logic, you know, you know. so yeah. it's the mind like, and I think there's a, a little lyric thing that might be the answer as we go through this a bit. Oh, interesting. This album. Um, so, yeah, Morning Moon, killer, killer kickoff. Should have been the first single. Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, I think it defines what the record 100%. Wants Although to be this anyway. album does 
tiptoe through a couple of different genres. <laughs> <Yeah>. <clears throat> it's the, this is the most country album. Yeah, I mean, there are definitely There's country stats that happen for know? sure. So, uh, honey, please. Be bigger again. That that, that production is neutering it because that does it. That that song lands on an opium, but it feels tame. Well, Should he's he's holding, he's holding back everything back. Even the yeah, he well, it's not just him. It's not this band performance. It's where this stuff is sitting. The piano feels dinky. And it shouldn't. Anyway, <clears throat> that's bad production. Um, so I look at the lyrics of this, and it makes me kind of think about this album as a whole. Where the opening thing is, I don't want to look for words. I don't want to work that hard. I want your song in my head, the way you sing it from your heart. So, <clears throat> I always feel like there's a mission statement somewhere on each album of what he's going for and what's going to happen. And there's always some little nugget that's tying it all together. I think it's this. Uh, and, and now, when we have all all the poetry of the earth, uh, might be all there is. This is a reference to actual poetry. That's a line. <clears throat> you know, he's always pulling from literary sources um but where that lands with uh, might be all there is i'm and it still might have some worth yeah but i can't dance to it and this is a, it feels like an exercise in wanting to get away from that overthinking and overworking i don't want to work that hard i, I just want it to come openly from the heart not dressed up in, in smoke and mirrors no metaphor it's just this is what we're talking about i i, I mean that's not I, what this song is entirely about. No, but I, I feel. But like I love I, that as a mission. I always feel like there's a mission statement. I somewhere. love that as a mission statement. Mm. The the second <clears throat> half of that first uh, stanza, though, to me, is coming from Bob Rock's mouth, right? <laughs> I want the song <laughs> in my head, <laughs> the way you sing it from your heart, you yeah, know, yeah. and <laughs> and that's Gord sort of just being like, well, you know, because uh, if you recall, it was him who sort of put them in league with with uh, Bob Rock and I'm wondering yeah. you know like I'm wondering if if it was a two deal a two record deal off the top or, or like what you know what made them go back to him yeah if anybody knows out there let us know like, sure why, why did they go back and to me this record feels a bit regretful like it feels there's some regret there like we yeah. don't want to be doing this and when you isolate that lyric yeah that's uh, mm-hmm. that's pretty Pretty bang on. Now that being said, I quite like this song. This song is I a think good Honey, song. please, is great. There's, I'm not gonna. <clears throat> there might be one 
maybe two songs that I could that I could scrap. It's a long record. It's fifty-seven minutes. It's very long. Um, as I was saying to you before we started recording, I was uh, doing a lot of work in Pickering, and so I had a lot of time to listen to it on my drives in the morning, and even driving from here to Pickering in rush hour in the morning. I didn't finish the album. Yeah, <laughs> it started yeah. morning mode. I'm like, and and then you know I have to cut it off because I'm not. You know, it's not done. Long record. It is. I could definitely lose a couple of these tracks. Yeah. Uh, but I wouldn't lose Honey, Please. No, I think I it's great. It does have that Springsteen vibe off the top, and it is, and it's a good highway album, uh, or highway song, rather. Um, yeah, I like the vibe, and I like I like this chorus a lot. It's really smooth. I like his, where his voice lands in it. Um, it's really catchy. The melody really hangs out with me. And I like it, and it keeps my yearning to drink or to drink this in at a cottage you know by a campfire yeah. the song really keeps that that going for me i'd make this my second single too 100 yeah. yeah yeah uh the last recluse track three we rode hard for the boat hard as we could no tears you said understood understood i said all right the crowd will be born only born die Want to watch for a sign in the night Wanna watch a bomb go off in a young girl's life For you, the last recluse For you, the last Canada goose For you good yep me too this song maybe didn't really resonate with me 10 years ago but it does now i like it a lot i really really like this song first time i heard this record Mm -hmm. i thought it was barren of emotion and Mm -hmm. um too stripped down for me too stripped down yeah and Mm -hmm. i don't mean you know loud guitars or whatever because like you're right there are a lot of different genres on this but Listening to it now, post scored mm-hmm. death, mm-hmm. and listening to it as much as I have, this is one of those songs that I definitely appreciate now. Yeah. And I love the moodiness of it. Yeah. And his vocals. This might mm-hmm. be one of the ones you're talking about with with 
strange backup vocals. Though, well, that, it gets that, into a Radiohead area. It really does. At the end there with yeah. the oh, you know. Yeah. Super Radiohead-y, but I buy it. For this track, I buy it. I'll take it. Because it sounds good. <laughs> it does sound good. It's got a great moodiness to it, and I love... Uh, I, I like the lyrics of this. This is just a story too, you know. And I mean, the, the whole the whole thing is. Uh, I love the the end of uh, uh, the first verse here. Um, mm, a, a crowd will be born, only born dying. I watch. I want to watch for a sign in the night. I want. I watch a bomb go off at a young girl's life, and it's the story of these uh, uh, these people that aren't working out, and they're they're in a they're riding their bikes to a, a boat or a ferry that's taking him away. And then she rides off with both bikes. And that's, that's that, you know, like, and her coldness and, and, and closed offness, you know, and this, and, but you know, uh, it's great. And it's an, it's a, it's a springsteen tragic love story, uh, you know, that ends poorly that I really, really like. <laughs> that makes me feel pretty good when I'm driving. So who is, um, who is the last recluse to you? Is it is it the girl or the or the fella out there? Oh, it's him. It's 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 the you or know it, or not neither. I, oh no, it's her in his eyes. Gotcha. You know, all of these things, just like you know, who, who do you think you are? Like this is it doesn't need to end this way. It doesn't need to be like this. Like when somebody is just you know, if you've ever been in a relationship, a friendship, or a romantic one, like some sometimes people can like. Uh, the danger of being have someone too close to them can make them push back, and that you know sets the bomb off and the fuse is lit. It's over, right? And is and like like who like he's asking, who do you see yourself as? Like, what we're just people here. We're just doing this. Are you the last recluse? You're the last Canada goose. Are you so important? Is it so important to be alone? Are you so precious that you're the, the last Canada goose, the last of the amused? You know, is this the, the, this view you have of yourself far more important than? connection with another person as you ride away with two bikes uh it's great yeah that's it's good just great and i i just the melody is wonderful this this song really stays in my head it's a fantastic earworm and it's sad and it's absolutely just typically sad is it's it's total tragedy and having that radio head uh you know gang vocal sad moaning at the end <laughs> is perfect because who doesn't listen to Radiohead when they've gone through a bad breakup I mean just fucking put it on you know that's what you're gonna do <laughs> you're gonna just listen go to exit it. music for a film in a dark room <laughs> yeah I um you've turned me around in a big way uh I like this song mm -hmm. but I can't wait to listen to it again now mm -hmm. with that sort of music video in my head yeah you know yeah um who is, who is this girl? Yeah, who is she? Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Or maybe it's a he and it's a, from the perspective of a she. Sure, sure. <clears throat> Fair enough. <clears throat> Could go either way. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, lovely too, though. I, I love the melody. I love the I love the vibe. This feels very hip to me, even though it goes into Radiohead Town. I don't care. Uh, very good. Really good. Coffee Girl, track four. Look who 
down the chairs and make things neat. Hey, the coffee girl. Production on this song I find almost baffling. Okay. It, this song sounds like a nugget somebody snatched from 1998 with its weird compressed drum track that sounds horribly dated. Um, and this is the song where I feel like Bob Rock is trying to sell them in Starbucks. Hmm. Not just with the coffee thing in the title. There's just something about it. This feels the least like them on this album. Uh, I don't like this song. <laughs> Music wise, con- content wise, yeah. lyric wise, it's, it's it's a little fucking. Tweed, it's a cover song. And, it's, yeah. I don't know what it is. It sounds just like it sounds like mainstream rock from 1998. Interesting. It sounds like a it sounds like a bare naked ladies song. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. And listen, they have some songs on Gordon. I think are okay in the yellow because that was fine. But I'm not really a fan. Uh, they're fine. I, I appreciate them being around, but they aren't my thing. Um, and this feels, I feel like the hip are better than this. The hip are definitely better than this. And they're definitely better than this production. This song could be worked in a way that I will. This is a song I would like to hear live with not a produced yeah. drum track yeah. and, you know, and some looseness cause it feels tight and, and radio fitted, um, some interesting, I mean, the lyrics are whatever. I mean, I it's, love some it's, of the turns. I love some of the turns. The mixtape thing is the be- best. beautiful and disaffected. I yeah. think that's, I think that's wonderful, but came along and wrecked it. It's yeah. just, it's, it's, it's too easy. It's it is too, easy. There is some easy it's stuff. It's too on there. And uh, I like the mixtape thing, all cat power and classic back. That's, that's great. great. It fits in nicely. That's some nice rhyming work, yeah. you know, construction there. Um, and you know, and, uh, Interesting that it's like, like he's referring to the mixtape as being like having dated stuff on it, right? Right. Because Cat Power, I think most people like became aware of in, in 2006. With in, um, with uh, The Greatest. Because that, that album was huge. I'm trying to think of the movie soundtrack, though. Wasn't there a movie soundtrack that featured Cat Power? Um, yeah, but this is the album that lands where like Pitchfork's covering her now, right? right? Cat Power is obviously a... a, 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 a the name of a single musician, yes, singer, yes, songwriter. Yes. She's fantastic, but has been making albums since like the mid nineties. Okay. So, but no. she really lands in 2006. So it's kind of, I don't know. I think three years later to consider it. I, I think like it's a Jason Reitman movie, you know, uh, could be. Well, let's see. Yeah. Juno. I want to know. Juno. Um, but I like the reference. Cat power is great. Uh, and that album, the greatest is absolutely terrific. Well, let me tell you, Greg, let me tell you a story. As somebody who used to work in a coffee shop. Yes. I, while going through the lyrics, really um, tried to twist them and and make them my own. And I was known in my coffee shops (laughs) for my peers for being this guy that would always just fall in love with these customers. Right. And never have the, you know, the courage to um, ask them out. (laughs) <laughs> and so there's something to me about this song. Sure. That is from this barista's point of view. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about, um, it's hard to leave your bed. The cooling hot summer sheets hang over, hang on by the fangs, walk to work on wild feet, you know, the, um, and then you get to the back door, lock, look around turn the key, turn on the lights, take the chairs down, make things neat. So this is the barista. 
And then the coffee girl walks in mm-hmm. and on this particular day, she's got a partner with her mm-hmm. and you know, everything was great. You're beautiful and disaffected, mm-hmm. but now he's ruined this, you mm-hmm. know, this thing. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, so it's I not, like that you're bringing it's, me it's around. Not, okay. She's not the barista to me. Yeah. She's not the barista who's had this wonderful yeah. cavort with, with see, somebody and there's not a, you know, to me, it's yeah. just, it's that it was, I can't tell you how many times that happened to me where it would be like, I know her name. I know where she works. <laughs> and I get off the bus stop just north so that I can walk past her work on the way, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm going to have the courage to stay. And then she walks in with, with a, a girlfriend. That's to me where I picked up this song and was like, I don't mind it as much as I did. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to try to go to bat for it, but I, yeah, but I'm with you 100. Yeah. I mean, I can like, give it a pass because I've heard worse stuff. You know, not from um, this band though. I don't. Not think. from this band, maybe. I don't think this, so. this, this would be, be. This is right, right near the basement for if me. There's really. 150 songs. This is in yeah. the bottom five. 100. <laughs> percent Yeah. Yeah. Um, although I like some of the lines and I like some of the notions of it, you know, and like, and if it, is, and if it is from the customer point of view, find you know, finding some sort of infatuation with the person behind the counter. I, I, like I relate to that too, yeah, and like sure. that 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 whole thing about you know like the the hungover start of the day and taking yeah. you know like me working as a bartender for absolutely years, you know I really related to that. And my wife was a, a bartender at the same time as me. That's how I met her. But because I used to frequent the bar she worked in, and she never was, but she wasn't never worked in the section I was sitting in. And so I like admired her from afar. I'm like, how am I going right. to go meet this? You know. So if this was a, you know. <laughs> Why am I if such a right now? I don't know. <laughs> this is so a weird. Steam, steamy conversation. <laughs> I guess so. so. I can relate to parts of this song, but it just doesn't work for me. No. And I, most, me. mostly I blame the production. That was mostly. me making a stab and, you know, listen, just trying you to. Listen, you caught my interest and now I'm going to re-listen to it. I'm actually going to listen to Coffee Girl again, probably tomorrow, just to think about it that way. All right. Track five. Now the struggle has a name. Here we go. Now. The apology done Applause Can begin Now The apology's done Applause Begin If It bleeds at least it flies, it feeds me, if it dies, it dies.
Yes, straightforward songwriting. And also, one of the reasons when I didn't pay attention to the lyrics fully when I first listened to this album, one thing that also turned me off in this album was the very kind of bland album cover and bland name. We Are yeah. the Same just felt very, eh, is that, we called it this, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And then when you listen to this song and listen to the lyrics and go, oh, shit, it really brings up the whole album. And as the title, like, of course, we are the same and we can change and what this song is about. Obviously, um, this is, is this the first real big public showing of support that Gord has uh, for First Nations going forward? I mean, obviously, it was a huge thing um, with uh, 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 the, the final tour. Um, but yeah, this is about the... Uh, the schools. Oh, the song. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. I it's did not know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, buddy. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here, Talk to me here. I'm going to. Okay, hold on. Let me bring up some oh, stuff. Oh, wow. You're... Yeah. Hold on. I only, my... have, I only have musical stuff, stuff written down. Here's my stuff. Okay. As a song on its face, it's good. I like I like this yeah. tune. It's, a, it's, a, it's catchy. It's got a nice hooky chorus. It feels big. It feels impassioned. <clears throat> so now the circle has a name. Some truth, some reconciliations. One of Canada's greatest shames, residential schools. Stay in the governments of all political stripes and generations for Canadians to remain silent. Um, and this just was like something we pushed aside as Canadians, pretended it didn't happen. Nobody talked about it. Um, but eventually it was uh, brought to light and there had to be some form of reconciliation and apology for it. Um, and so that is the struggle that now has a name. Holy fucking. Okay. Mm. Um, so, uh, oh, and before I forget, cause we'll talk about other stuff and it's going to get, uh, out of my head. Um, so, uh, that nice uh, line, oh, honey Watson, we're born with sin, gone like honey Watson. I looked up who honey Watson was, but I couldn't find anything. Cause it's Connie Watson. He was listening to the news was just on in the background and he heard the name. Well, he misheard Connie as honey and he wrote it down because he thought it was a cool name and then realized he was wrong. But he's like, oh, fuck it. I'm leaving it. It's a cool name. So Connie Watson is actually Connie Watson. uh, And just was like, whatever, I'm keeping it because Nito. Well, that would have changed things for me. Yeah, sure. Right. (laughs) Because there's no Honey Watson. But super duper cool. So that's what we're talking about here. And so that is what the we are the same and we can change. Uh, that's what we're talking about. And that is the struggle. So um, so this is interesting for this album uh, being pretty direct with its lyrics across the board. And then this is the, the first and most actively, directly, clearly on a side politically in some fashion they've been. To this point, there's been yeah, nothing else that's, so. you know, really touched on. I mean, there's things that have been alluded to or a line here, a line there, but this is a song. It is dedicated to it. So now the apology done, the applause could begin, uh, which that, I mean, that's that's a very stinging line. The applause can begin for the apology. That's a that's a <clears throat> scathing. Uh, and this is dark stuff. This is hard as Canadians, we feel generally pretty decent about how we go about our lives and uh, treat each other and uh, how we're viewed by the rest of the world, very much so. And then to have something that's, that's quite dark 
uh, like this and hurtful and oh, disgusting um, is really difficult to deal with. And uh, obviously it had a huge effect on Gordon. Um, he decided when he had <clears throat> everyone's ear at the end, he was going to make sure this is what he was talking about and has written about it a number of times, of course, um, an entire album dedicated to it uh, and throughout the final tour. So, yeah, here we are. Uh, and it changes this song, obviously. And it, again, it changed. Uh, I'm I'm sitting here. I go out of my way to try and just take a cursory look at, you know, the stuff that's out there. I, I try to bring. What am I thinking about this? You sh- know, sure. to, to the thing. And um, I looked up Honey Watson. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, it's right there in black and white. It's right yeah. there. And it's, uh, you've just, yeah, you've absolutely uh, blown this song wide open. Mm-hmm. This is by far now, this was probably my number two or three favorite song on the record. Yeah, it's a. Uh, and now, yeah. you know, that big David Gilmore solo toward the end, um, or maybe not mm-hmm. quite David Gilmore, but it just there's a big solo, and it's yeah. the first time this record just kicks, yeah. kicks down the door and yeah. says we're here. Yeah, and the album opens up here, it really in a, does in a, in a big way. Um, yeah, I mean now the circle has a name; it doesn't fade, it hasn't changed. I still feel the same. Um, because uh, it, 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 there's so much to address and undo and mm-hmm. uh, apologize for and make amends for that have not really come anywhere near it. So just admitting and qualifying with an apology is just the, it's the smallest of possible oh gestures and it feels almost worse, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is 2009 uh, where this song starts somebody addressing it openly. Um, what do you think of the production in this song? I don't. I don't think of it. So that's good. That is good. Yeah. Um, My only note is that I feel like the song starts out very demoy. Like it, it sounds. You know, there's there's the slide guitar off the top, but yep. then but then it quickly fades out, and it's just that whole first verse is like just acoustic guitar vocal, mm-hmm. and then it becomes more and more lush as the song goes on, and more and more big. You know, there's the arrangement, and it and it obviously builds to this mm-hmm. this. Very airy, very um, combustible guitar solo, mm-hmm. and then back down, and it's like almost like a chug, yeah. like chugga chugga, um, yeah. you know, to go out. It's it. I, I think there's some good choices made on this song. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and for yeah, I guess maybe maybe it was the the this song being here that's so directly straightforward about something affected the rest of the writing. You know, and going back to the mission statement, perhaps it's just like. Everything's just going to be on its face here. Because it continues uh, with the next track. Yeah. The Depression Suite. I'm 
big, big song. Um, longest in their career. I'm gonna yeah. wager. Yeah, <laughs> nearly ten minute jam. Um, and really interesting for an, a little for doing like a the Who style mini opera song where it's just you know we're gonna we it's basically three songs. Yeah. Right. The rock and just plow it through um, because they're all. It's not like there's the slow one and then there's the this. It's like they're. They, they almost play in the same tempo, but the melody is what yes. aggressively changes in a really seamless way. Um, this is a, this is the first song that's made me pick up my guitar in a long time. In a long time, and and I only like playing the first part of the rock. Mm-hmm. But you're right; it, it it easily bleeds into you know the second and third part. Yeah. It, it does feel seamless. If you could tell somebody. I don't think I don't sure. think they would say well it, because it is three songs <clears throat> you know you, if you weren't paying attention you just feel like you just went through three songs and they all yeah. problem, all big one but they're all connected obviously right lyrically it's all about the same subject matter um, I remember reading a bit about this song where it, it, it caught some flack for its length and it being hookless which I thought was preposterous because I hookless yes which I, I find it's actually quite hooky um, particularly in chapter one. Oh my god! Like so hooky. Yeah. Um, and in such a, it's, it's great when a hook is a hook because of how it sounds, but also what it says. And again, yeah, are you going through something? Because uh, I am too. The way that is phrased and how it hooks and lands it's is absolutely it's enormous. Absolutely. Oh my god! Is it very, very, very good? <laughs> it's, like an, it's a the. Uh, because I'm going through. Um, are you going through something? Uh, because I, 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 I am too. Mm-hmm. Is like an F sharp minor, and mm-hmm. it's like I can't play it. I can't. I can only play the the parts preceding it because I can't stretch my hand like that. <laughs> and so it miss it misses something. So it's so clearly, you know, from a from a musical perspective, a hook. But then his vocal melody that he attaches to it is so stabbing. It's mm. just beautiful. Yeah. Fuck this. Fuck you. Mm. I don't know, I'm sure you've all caught on to this. If you listen to this song, it's called The Depression Suite. And this song is about depression. Yeah, it's about <laughs> the Great Depression. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I like its phases. Yeah, I do too. Um, the, you know, the under my, hell, under my pillow, I bury my head and try to shut Chicago out. Um, there's a lot of this, you know, trying to duck and hide from depression. Mm-hmm. Stay away from it, and you're keeping it to yourself. And someone's happy to ask, "Are you going through something?" Because I am too, or at least the person. That's how they learn to ask, because they're asking someone because they need to tell someone. Um, and then your second phase is where it's the the different kind of trying to hide it. You know, I, I love the line: uh, uh, "No smiling, that's important. I'll make my face a mask." Oh, so wow. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, uh, it's you know, you're shifting through all these coping mechanisms. Uh, yeah, they go through. They're they're, they're very confident. Mm-hmm. They're very sure. They're very uh, dependable. They're mm-hmm. you know all these different things to try and, and say I'm I'm strong. I'm strong. I'm not weak. You know. Which is so often the case, um, what people think, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, you're mentally ill, uh, so you're, you're weak. You're not sick, you're weak. Right. 
you know, and um, shame on them for thinking that. Yes. But um, where we have to work hard at changing the stigma and changing the language is making sure that people who experience it and have it as well don't feel like they need to wear a mask or Mm -hmm. where they need to say, get me that saddle, get me in that saddle and I will ride this fucking horse. You know, like no problem at all. Hey, it's okay. Yeah. God. Um, Interesting. Or not interesting. Impressive that this song is in 2009 because I feel like the topic isn't as open for conversation. Certainly not. 10 years ago. No, certainly not. Uh, It's better now. It's not there there. yet. Yeah, we're getting there. But we're getting there. People are starting to realize uh, how important it is and how widespread it is. Um, So this is a a fairly forward-thinking piece of music. And to have this be this large on this album, you know, it's a big, uh, it's the centerpiece of the record. Yeah, it falls right in the middle. And and to have that be your your, uh, content. So yeah, not really done. It's not the. Uh, this is sort of well, and also you know, jumping onto the uh, <clears throat> the dark history behind Canada with uh, the struggle has a name. That then go into this and really address uh, mental health issues. Uh, pretty pretty wild. And so this album that you know has felt kind of tame in its production and maybe straightforward in its lyric writing and aimed at a. An easy audience suddenly gets very complicated. And yet, um, and yet, like you said, it is um, lyrically it, it's it reads as straight ahead poetry rather than metaphoric poetry. Mm-hmm. Like you, you hear him talk about the pale cranberries, and you hear you know the wind being like pale, or the air being like pale cranberries, and um, you know some of the stuff in the second piece just lovely writing like lovely writing mm-hmm. but but not the same type of lovely writing we're used to you know no it's different I think I feel like in my worst points of misjudging this album or um, discarding it really was that it was it wasn't as challenging it's, it's, it's their least challenging record on its face but it, maybe that's just you, you that's something I bring my own baggage to as a listener what I expect from the band the band never does what you expect no so this is perhaps them challenging themselves or Gord challenging himself to write in a different way to not dive so deeply into metaphor yeah. a literary reference and to keep it you know his emotions shrouded in mystery yeah. and, uh, and, and, and storytelling and just to openly explain these things Greg I wonder yeah. if for you who did give it a chance in the time and it didn't quite hit I wonder if that's more of the whole musical landscape in general to blame like we talked about how barren it was off the mm-hmm. top mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot going on no so no nothing, and so I really wanted something to blow my hair back that's right and you got nothing and this no. wasn't this this record isn't a, really of the time no because it doesn't blow your hair back no no it really is a slow burn yeah a big this is a grow. slow burn if, you, if you're listening to this and you don't like this record Listen to it again. Ah, the exact feeling.
Other than Coffee Girl, honestly, at this point in the first half of the album, I'm pretty on board here. Like, I like a lot of this stuff quite a bit. And then I feel like I check out a bit starting here. With the exact feeling? Yeah. Okay. I think it's fine. It's fine? It's fine. It feels very rock and roll. Yeah. Sort of. <laughs> you know, like it's just that whining guitar. It just doesn't counter melody. lift. It just stay. It's you know. I, this is the meanest thing I'll say. It's just, it's a bit of it's just it's milk toast. It's it's it just never changes. It's just this plateau of nice. Yeah. It's fine. I like this song a bit. It's something it, it, that you know the exact feeling stands in my head, and I like that little that little that little off the top is very nice. But, <laughs> and this that lovely lead guitar line is very good, but the song doesn't reach me. No, I'm. Uh, yeah, I think that... I don't want to be mean about it, but you know, I'm going to be honest about it. <clears throat> I've had a turnaround on some of this late. Like I had written off the end of this album quite a bit, uh, but I've come around on some of it. But the exact feeling, not the worst of it, uh, but also really not reaching me. <laughs> if this song was swampier, it would be right at home on up, up to here. Like it's sure it's, it's really not showing off any of their new superpowers. It's not showing off anything uh, extraordinary when it comes to um, lyric play. It's it's yeah, it's what it is. And um, maybe if it had a great bridge, yeah, that, that lifted it somehow. It needs the it needs dynamics. It does, and it's not uh, it's not there. It's, not, it's that, not getting them. There's that there's that weird counter melody guitar thing. Yeah, but. But it doesn't take you to a place. Um, I don't dislike. I wouldn't call it milk toes, but I. But I'm. But I. I, I think you're right. After the depression suite, it's yeah. it's certainly a um, an aperitif. You know, maybe yeah, it, something to sort if, of maybe if the, the track listing was different. Uh, you know, I, I would have more for it. But it, it it comes after the depression suite, which is such a huge, you know, yeah, it's epic. Huge, huge piece. And it just it just doesn't it it doesn't carry. You need something punchier or far more tragic. <laughs> um, and so I mean I don't have a lot to say about that. No. Uh, and then Queen of the Furrows is a song I felt very much the same about for quite some time and come around quite a bit on. Winter on, yelled the Queen of the Furrows. This is how we farm. Hens cluck and roosters crow. You are my heart. Staring down from the bureau To be a part Is that why you have to go To Conversation City Everybody's talking You must have something to say Conversation City Making conversation Working at it Night and day Watch yourself I say to my toasted western, this is 
it's fun, but I feel like this song really, really suffers from Bob Rock because this song gets big and it doesn't ever feel big and it should. It gets punchy at the end. Yeah, you're right. And it doesn't happen. It's cut off at the knees. This is like, and like he can do it. Uh, you, You hear it on... You know, Family Band and some other songs in World Container that, like, when you're in the song, you're like, fuck me, this song is fucking rocking right now, you know? That's right. And this, and this, and the writing is there. I hear it. I hear it in that fucking rhythm guitar, but it doesn't happen in the production. And this song feels tame because of it. And it shouldn't, because this is a bit of a a ripper at the the second half of the album. But, uh, whatever, I digress. The melody is still nice. And I oh, like, any song and, that has Gordon Downey screaming at a toasted western is <laughs> is just gold to me, yeah. right? And, like, come and on. Again, watch dri- yourself. Driving across uh, areas of Ontario, going from Toronto to Pickering or out to Dundas, you know, this is a song that it really does well on, you know, Ontario highways. I could imagine, you yeah. Know? So, I, uh, Queen of the Furrows, I have time for you. You are my heart, too. I feel you, buddy. Um, Speed River. What num- when when was it? Second single before Morning Moon. Oh boy. Yeah. I mean Speed River. It's fine. <laughs> it's better than uh it's better than the exact feeling. Oh, but I would I would put the exact feeling ahead of it. So yeah? if we were ranking this record, I would put the exact feeling ahead of it. It's not much ahead. They're yeah. in the same little pot for me where this is one of the songs where like I could I could drop from the record. And take this thing down. We're going to get this album down to like 45 minutes. Speed River is going to go. Speed River would be. And it was a single. Take it away. That's, yeah. that's insane. The mm. Speed River is a single, and Honey Please isn't. Uh, Last Recluse isn't. Um, you know, the Struggle as a Name isn't. Yeah, what were they trying to sell? I don't know. It doesn't feel right at all. Huh. Speed River, um, which is a, a, a real river. It is sure, oh. Oh. but that's about all I can say about it. It's you know, it's a, it's a real thing. 
Um, Let's be very clear. Yes, please. We shouldn't be able to be so concise or fluffing off. Um, This is a pretty special band. This is, what, Mm. their 12th record? Yeah. Their 12th studio record. And we've had nary a negative, you know, uh, back-to-back song. You know, there hasn't been too many instances where back-to-back you and I have shit-talked. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And I'm about ready to be done talking about this song. Me too. I don't know what to say. I mean, it it isn't even like maybe the most derided hip song of all time, Coconut Cream. At least I like it. (laughs) 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 I don't know why it's so maligned. Um we're going to get shit. We're going to catch shit because you were right. There are there is a group of people that have um that have really latched onto this record yeah. and I don't know whether they're doing that because it's sort of because it is maligned it's an and underdog. And yeah. Yeah, it's the yeah. underdog for sure. Yeah. But I, I regardless. Gotta, yeah. I I don't I don't know what to say about Speed River other than fine. Yeah. Fine yeah. song. It's not it's it's not a piece of shit. It no. just there isn't a lot to say. I don't know that this band can can produce like abs- actual pieces of shit. Like, no, no, they don't. This is, you know, they're too good at this point. It's just, they could do it in their sleep. But this is, but this song sounds like that's what they did. Yeah. They did it in their sleep. They phoned it in. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what. I really like the line. If I won't just discard the song. Sure. I like the line, uh, hard stuff. Give me a dose of the hard stuff. Okay, enough. Enough of the hard stuff. Okay, I do like that. That's very... <laughs> yeah. That is super good. <laughs> um, and there's a similar line in um, The Exact Feeling where he's talking to the bartender, right? Yeah, hey, yeah. Bartender, bartender one, one more of these. these. It's the best line of the song. Yeah. It's the most well-delivered. <laughs> it's his perfect cadence. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but Speed River, take me away. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> me too, buddy. Um, and that's the most flippant I'll be. Uh, frozen in my tracks. Like the Gandharvas they've ever sounded. Oh, yeah, there's some fucking can- Canada that. for you. Let's talk about the Gandharvas. I love uh, the way you pronounce that. I would always say the Gandharvas. Gandharvas? I don't know. I don't I think it was said Gandharvas. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Um, I'll, I'll take your word for it. You booked them probably. Uh, no, no, but I love them. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
I don't know if that's how you say it. That's how I've always said it. Is I've it always the said, I've always said Gandharvas. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Some, I, we're talking about the same band, right? 100% yeah, First Day of Spring. Band. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, hey, well, let's take a moment. In case people don't remember, or if maybe we have American listeners, because yeah. they, they, they didn't go anywhere near the States. Uh, the Gandharvas or Gandharvas. What song should I play right now? First Day of Spring. If you could find it. You know what? Not on fucking Spotify, though. There is an album on Spotify. It's a third album, and it has a re-recording of the First Day of Spring that loses all of the dynamic. It is recorded like a big 90s rock song, and it shouldn't be that because it is a, you know, a, 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 a tinkly little, like, climb into this hugeness, and it's beautiful and amazing. Look it up on YouTube and try and find the original video. That's where you listen to First Day of Spring. It's fantastic. Coffee song on that first album is quite good as well, the first album being So Bubble and Inertia. Um, and that's God, it's a, it's that a good record. It's a good record. It's uneven, but it's got these great moments. Then their second album, Kicking in the Water, is amazing. Really? And that has the masochistic minstrel on it, a quick feel, um, two at a table set for three. I love that song. Yeah, uh, it's it's a great, like top to bottom, great, great, completely under the radar, mm. overlooked Canadian album. I I go deep for Kicking in the Water. It's fantastic. And then their third album, Sold for a Smile, which was like directed at radio. It had a, it was like a big m- mixture of Cheap Trick and the Pixies slammed together just a little bit before everyone like got back on the Pixies. So they're kind of ahead of the curve. Uh, Watching the Girl was a big single from that. And so was... Uh, 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 oh, man. I was on a roll and I dropped the song. Well, very good of you. Mm, it's, it's a very dancey video. Um, watching the Girl was more... Um, downtime, sorry. Downtime was the other single, but Watching the Girl did better. But it's a really good rock, guitar, like, cheap trick rock album. But huh. it has this unfortunate version of the first, the first Day of Spring on it. Trying to re-release it, I think, trying to capture an American audience with, like, their best song. Um... And then nothing, and then they went away. Apparently, Paul Jago, the lead guy, uh, not great with crowds, and uh, kind of pulled back from everything, and hasn't done too much with music since then, uh, which is a bummer, because I think he's a terrific singer and a, and a wonderful songwriter, and I love the Gand Harvest. But they have a quirky, off-balance sense of rhythm to a lot of their stuff. It's, well, the one thing you'll find is a through line uh, with the three albums, and there is this weird, off-center vibe to... Uh, frozen into my tracks. Get back to what we're talking about. And as soon as I heard, I'm like, "This sounds like second album getting harvested to me." Until the chorus. <sighs> so there we are. So I like this song quite a bit up until the chorus, and I feel like the chorus is from a different planet. It's a different band, and these whoa, fucking Bob Rock gang vocal Motley Crew shit he threw on this fucking song. Get the fuck out of there with that. It doesn't belong here. That's my hot take. <laughs> I, I think we leave it there. <laughs> so that, you know, I was going to mm-hmm. cut you off with, hey, Greg, is this an episode of... <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like the Gandharvas? Yeah, yeah. Gandharvas. Gandharvas? Yeah, yeah. I don't know how to assume. I don't know. Is there a way to say it? And again, you, I, I, I asked the listeners. If you know it, Gandharvas love us. out there? Please, somebody, somebody else is with somebody them. Somebody will know them What a great sure. band. Yeah, I got... No, I got yeah, it's good. I, I like it more than Speed River, except for that those fucking woes are they're not this band. They feel so alien to me, and I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nothing. I don't. I don't have. Um, you're not more complex. You don't lay violent flame. I got nothing. Fair enough. Love is the first. 
first single. Yeah. Weird. heavy, you know, uh, like, like thumping bass, um, like the editors or like Interpol at the time. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a uh, buddy Bob Rock trying to, you know, appeal to that and Gord singing in this, you know, lower register. And then that, you know, those, those mumble, those mumble subverses. They, well, I mean, they're going for the rants. Yeah. They want the rants on a song. They're trying to capture the live thing, right? Yeah. Because they're a band that, like, people, you know, people would say, like, the albums are good, but you've got to see them live. That's the, live. the experience. Well, this song does not capture the live. Does not capture the live. No, no, it doesn't, because you can't do it. Uh, Fishbone tried to do it on the reality of my surroundings, and I mean, it probably worked because they, they put in some live stuff, like these snippets. Like tying the songs together, and it almost worked, but it doesn't do it. Right. I, you don't listen to that and like, oh, I get it now. Right. But this okay. is the most explosive and potentially dangerous live band in the world. Um, yeah. So it's not there, and on it's, and it, I, I don't think it works. And he, you know, love is a first. Uh, all, that the, the the lyric chunk of this he was playing with for a decade. Really? Uh, and rants in different songs. Oh, wow. Coming up. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so it finally takes shape in a song, and it's just, you know. It doesn't. I don't think it lands. I think I, I, I like the verses, but then the chorus loses me. And then. I don't like the. I don't like the. The, the rhythm of them. I like, I like the. I like the bass driven thing going yeah, on. Yeah. No, I have time not. for that. <laughs> um. But yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't fly. This being the lead-off single, I find very perplexing. It, it's baffling because if you bought this expecting the record to sound like this, you were sorely disappointed. If you didn't like this and avoided the record mm-hmm. because of this, you missed out on some stuff that you might have really liked. It, it does nobody any favors. Like this is no. the only flavor like this on this record. You know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, it feels out of place. It doesn't feel like the rest of the album. Um, and this is where I feel like, I feel like, well, and I mean, the same thing with Frozen in my tracks. It doesn't feel like that's on the same album as Morning Moon. Right. You know? And I feel like this is where it gets scattershot at the end. Like, 
And I don't... Uh, I would love to know. I don't know who who that is all entirely, like, where we get into a lot of really weird areas. Uh, well, what I'd love to know is they, they recorded the last record in Hawaii. Yeah, this one back in... And then this one back in Bath. But if yeah. you look at the album credits, there are some credits for recording in Hawaii on this record as well. So really? I'm I wonder if there's, there's some leftover... I wonder. Hmm. Unfinished uh, world container stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's possible. That's and they just, you know, they liked it enough to, to tack it on. Which, again, one of the things that I love about World Container is that it's it's just a short listen. It's like forty three minutes long. Yeah, this is like a full. 50, this, this is, is a, a very, full. It's a very long album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Well, I feel very exposed. I won't lie. I do too. And, I, and I've been really, like, I've been stressed about doing this episode. Yeah. Because I do know that this album means a lot to a lot of people. And I, I'm not saying this is a bad album, but nope. I feel like it falls apart at the end. I think once Depression Suite is done, mm-hmm. it's very uneven. Yeah. Like, if we're, if we're going to be very complimentary, or, or positive, rather, mm-hmm. and offer positive feedback, then it's an uneven record post-Depression Suite. Mm-hmm. If we want to be grumpy about it you can say there's only really two songs that that should made the cut that should have made the cut after mm-hmm. depression suite yeah and you and i have different opinions on those songs even yeah because i keep i keep um the exact feeling the exact feeling mm-hmm. you keep speed river so yeah ah, and i take queen of the furrows over both of them yeah, um, too. yeah. and most of frozen in my tracks <laughs> Okay, so where and I would you... re-edit, re-edit. Love is a first. Maybe you have something, and maybe a little bit of ow, different production oh, on God, it. Sorry, God. yeah, I swung my foot around, uh, sliding into my beanbag chair here. Um, in that, uh, okay, so then Country Day it brings us to the end of the record. Yeah, with Country Day, which is a song that doesn't know how to how to end. Really, mm-hmm. I don't think, and not in a not in an epic kind of way, mm-hmm. just in sort of like a. We're going to just keep going. Yep. We're going to keep doing this. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people, they might appreciate that and might say, well, this is um, this is really uh, a sign of a, a, a really talented band. You know, they, they haven't got it all out of their system. To me, this is the sign of a, a producer that is working with a big band. Yeah. And who, and that he doesn't understand. He doesn't think. understand. This is where you see that yeah. Bob Rock does not understand this band. No, I don't think so. Country day, a day in the unknown, a gentle breeze gently blown. Country day, country day, another day in the unknown. I can feel it in my bones. Country day. Mr. Mrs. Smoke And things are finally clicking Still having trouble with the things that I'm meaning for But yeah, really clicking Our dreams are where we're at What we can see and touch With work we understand 
wintry day Another day in the unknown I can feel it in my bones Country day You infiltrate my And then you, uh, so, and, and, and I get frustrated too because, like, so uh, Country Day is the last song, but Skeleton Park is the bonus track, which is better than most of this stuff. It's better than the exact feeling. It's better than Speed River. It's better than Love's the First and Frozen Matrix, and much better than Country Day. And it's the bonus track. It's not, it wasn't released on every format. It was a download in Apple Music extra. Oh, wow. okay. Yeah. So, and we'll it's, 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 it's very good. I quite like Never listened to it. It's really good. And it should be the closer, or at least it should be. Maybe it should have followed Depression Suite. Interesting, you know, to give to 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 guide you into the second half. That feels like it's like these songs are just cobbled together from like four or five different albums. Like they don't hang together very well at all. No, I don't think so. God, so, I, folks, I, this I feel, man, I feel very. Un, uh, it's very unhappy here. This folks, conversation we're having. Those of you who mm-hmm. like. Put this record in your pantheon. Who put this record in your top three, let's say. Um, do you feel like we feel that there are some misses on this record? Mm-hmm. Or or for you, is this record truly infallible? That that would be my big question. Yeah. Like, I need to know. <clears throat> and if you could um, take the opportunity to re-educate me mm-hmm. and to make me appreciate this more, what would be... The one or two songs that you would put me in a isolation booth and make me sit with for a day, yeah. you know, that I haven't already said I like, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 why should I like them? Mm-hmm. You know, I want to hear. The, I want the forum to be as busy as it's been. Yeah, where this record is concerned, because <laughs> I'm scratching my head. I know. I feel like it makes come me for feel hands. like a bad. <laughs> It makes me feel like a bad fan, and I'm not a bad fan. No, not at all. Um, Because I still quite like this album. I do, too. I'm going to listen to it more, and I've I've really appreciated finding my place with it, you know? Yeah. Um, And it's been great. I've listened to this album a lot in the last year. I like 65% of this record. Yes. 100%. Yes. Yes. So I guess that brings me to, uh, what's your takeaway song here? What's on your list? I have to say, for me, Depression Suite is just too... Um, you almost wavered me, though, because I will tell you that I'm going to listen on the car ride home. I'm going to listen to a couple songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, pardon me, one song twice. Mm-hmm. And it's it's going to be um, The Struggle Has a Name. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to listen to it with a different set of ears. Yeah. And I'm looking real forward to that. But I have to choose The Depression Suite yeah. for what it tries to accomplish and what it does accomplish in a in a field of things that the band isn't quite accomplishing. Look at me, yeah. I'm dancing with yeah, somebody. Yeah. It's all right. Two or three people here. Yeah. Ha ha ha. Um yeah, that's uh that's how I feel about that. Yeah. Uh I I really toyed with going with the depression suite, but I also I kinda of felt with uh, you know, in our I've some of the posts I've seen you uh, throw up on Facebook and some of our early conversations. We try not to tip our hand too much with each other, but I had a feeling that Depression Suite would be yours. 
and just because I know you. <laughs> um, uh, so I, I, I was going to roll with it, but uh, I decided I, I, for me and just just on a listenability and where I feel with the song. Uh, and the, I feel like the song that I get most excited for when I'm listening to the album, it's going to be The Last Recruits for me. Oh, wow. Yeah, I really like that tune. Like a yeah. lot. Oh, you can't lose with that. Yeah, Last Recluse is something. Um, I big, 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 big hat tip to Morning Moon, though, because yeah, I would, I would say that. It's I, I still think it's the most accomplished song on the album. It's it. There's nothing I would change. The production works for it. The songwriting is great. I love their tone. I I like that song so much. Are there any of the songs on this record that would crack your top? 25 well, that's, a, that's a that's a tough question Phil. Uh, you don't have hard. to you don't have to answer it right now but that's for everybody I, i'm gonna i'm gonna say no huh yeah i, I don't know where i stand 25 no 25 is pretty deep right no because i mean i'm gonna get almost 20 <laughs> i mean there's i i you know if i look at no, I can't do this right now. Yeah. No, no, we don't <laughs> like, have to. We will do songs this. I can get on Saber Night and Road Apple. So. We will do that at some point, though, I promise you. <laughs> no, no. Until, no I'm sorry, no, probably not. No, no, no. it's it's a, it's an interesting record in that yeah. regard. And yet, I feel like every record we've covered up until this point, at least one track would crack my top 25. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that, to me, says quite a bit. Yeah. For my, like, my personal, like, for me, my personal song is The Last Recluse. But if I was going to play someone a song off of this album, Morning Moon, it would be Morning Moon. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, it's yeah. it's the easy it's the easiest one to like because yeah. it's it's impossible to not. It's yeah. just so good. Yeah, but I just I have a thing for Last Recluse. It does the thing for Last Recluse is definitely going to get you more favor from somebody who is a tragically hip fan yeah. because it feels more tragically hip. Morning Moon yeah. is you're right. You're going to play that to somebody. To get them to like this band, but it might not get them to like the no, band because it's very they different. Have, they don't know what the song's like that. Yeah, <laughs> All right, man. This oh, has been buddy. a blast as yeah, always. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll see you next time when we... I think we are next time out going to do another Hipsteries. Yeah. Uh, that's coming up. Yep. So we have a surprise for you there. Yeah, and we have then, a very interesting guest. Yeah. I thought we were done getting really interesting guests. <laughs> But no. No, this one should be pretty good. Pretty fucking good. Yeah. I swore. <laughs> yeah, that's your... <laughs> no, you I, I swore. No, I know. I, I, I reeled it back in a yeah. bit. But for this, swears. Yeah. Yeah, good. And then I think we go into uh, a Gord Solo record yeah, after that. that's right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we'll see you when that lands. We're not on a bi-weekly schedule at this point. But we're going to get you stuff as we get it to you, yeah. and we enjoy doing this, and we are going to see this through. So yes, we will get everything done. We will. Yeah. Um, so just be patient with us, and uh, hey, life happens. And life happens. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. Until then, pick up your shit. Fully and Completely is a Modern Superior podcast, proudly sponsored by Long Slice Brewery. To rate, review, or subscribe to the show, visit Spotify. Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, or anywhere else you get podcasts. For more information about the show, our guests, or Jamie and Greg, please visit www.fullyincompletely.ca. To join our Facebook group, visit Facebook and search for Fully Incompletely.
This episode has been brought to you by the Modern Superior Podcast Network. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.